Thanks for tuning into this week's Stacker Chat, your weekly update on all things Stacks. My name is Gina Abrams, and I'm joined by Mini Bali, Stacks founder. Stacks is smart contracts for Bitcoin, and Stacks mainnet launched earlier this year. Thanks for being here, Mini. We have a holiday coming up in the states, um, so I'm curious, what's one thing that you're thankful for this year in honor of the holiday? I think there are so many things to be thankful for this year. Uh, I mean, just looking back, like the Stacks mainnet was not live, uh, stacking was not live, like the Clarity language was not live last year. So I feel like this year is going to be a, a pretty pretty long list. Wonderful, thank you. Now we're in the Bitcoin space, and there are sometimes questions about sort of the history of Bitcoin and other forks that exist, um, and sort of why it matters that Stacks runs on Bitcoin versus some of those other forks out there. Um, so could you share a little bit of background and history on, um, on Bitcoin, things like the block wars? Yeah, I think some of the people, especially who have entered crypto and Bitcoin in the last few years, um, they might not actually know the history of uh, the Bitcoin or also like, you know, Bitcoin maximalism. Like there's a pretty dominant or these loud uh, type of a uh, uh, culture, at least from Bitcoin, Twitter, and other other places, where uh, people are pretty much like you know very vocal about uh, making any changes to Bitcoin or forking Bitcoin or other types of like other other cryptocurrencies that are not Bitcoin. And I think a lot of the history actually goes back to in the early days when Bitcoin came around and it was like such an authentic grassroots type of a project. There were also like a like a bunch of you know fairly scammy ripoffs that, that would come along and they would try to basically position themselves as the next Bitcoin or oh, we are better than Bitcoin, we're faster or we are better than Bitcoin because of like X, Y, and Z. And the community had to like almost like build this immune system uh, to warn people that, hey, no, Bitcoin is the only kind of like real open source project that is very authentic. You know, it is really meant to be meant to change the world and pe people are uh, genuinely working on it versus, versus some, of, some of the other things. But I feel like um, in, in many ways uh, that that thing has evolved, like it was useful at a certain time period, like looking back. And then I would say even by 2017 or so, there were a lot of like high quality teams that started entering broadly the crypto industry. And they're actually building things that are not money, that are clearly not money, right? Like if you're building a some sort of a stable coin, um, like that's not that's not a like a store of value, right? Like you're pay, you're pegging to a, a US dollar or something like that, or you if you are building some sort of a, a automated uh, market maker like a decentralized exchange, that has nothing to do with with being sound money. Uh, so I think there are these projects that are completely different now, and they they are trying to work on new, interesting, different like nothing to do with Bitcoin type type of problems. And some of the same old mentality is like carrying over in and in, in having needless resistance to some some of these new things. And I think like it's it's good to keep that historic perspective in mind that why uh, this resistance exists and what was the benefit of that thing. Like obviously everyone would tell you that you know uh, being vigilant about potential like scams and. Uh, asking a lot of truth-seeking questions and getting to know the details behind something is, is a is, is a good thing, generally speaking. But if you go on overdrive and you basically turn it turn 
turn it to such an extreme that you almost like become close-minded to anything interesting going on anywhere on the planet. Like, I think that at, at that point, that starts becoming a problem. Like, for example, I remember like back in 2013, even sitting in Bitcoin circles, um, you know, I would say something like, oh, you might want to allocate like, you know, 80, 90% to Bitcoin and like 10, 20% to other experiments. And those are just experiments and you just want to like learn learn from them or so just be involved. Like, you know, sometimes it's exciting to be involved uh, at early stage of a project. For example, I remember Namecoin, you know, uh, like that project ultimately failed, but I was involved with it in the early stages. I bought a bunch of domain, uh, names on Namecoin, just like I'm buying uh, domains on .btc and, 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 and so on, right? But I think it was perfectly acceptable to say things like that and, and, um, and actually be open to experimentation back in the days. And it's even less so now, which is actually... Uh, I think it's a, it's a regression. It's a bad thing. Like if I can't sit amongst friends in Bitcoin and can no longer say that even having an 80, 90% position in Bitcoin would would uh, would not be good enough and you need to be 100% in Bitcoin, then at some point you're lying to yourself. People stop kind of like uh, sharing what they actually think or what they actually mean. And they would just, you know, check out almost like, like I don't want to I don't want to get into a needless debate with this person so I'm just not going to share something and I'm just going to go go off and and do my own thing and, and ignore these people right so I think it's like that that uh that, that that has happened the other thing I would say is 2017 and these block wars have had a big impact as well right so in terms of uh the block wars like the there are even like books written about this now but the TLDR summary is that there was a subset of, of the Bitcoin community that was open to increasing the block size. Uh, and, and a lot of people who didn't want to do that. And at the heart of it, I think the debate was about uh, Bitcoin being a settlement layer, Bitcoin block space always being very small, and then other types of solutions emerging to things like Lightning, things like you know, federated networks like Liquid, or even new innovations like Stacks, right? Like in many ways, they help. Uh, settle on Bitcoin and 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 uh, but not 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 Liquid but uh, but Lightning and, and and Stacks too, and in in that sense, like it was a debate between should we have more functionality at the base layer, just make the blocks bigger? Who knows? Like later on, maybe people will want to put like uh, more expressive languages at the Bitcoin base layer, and I think that was a that debate got very heated, and then uh, and then there were forks that happened, and historically. You know, uh, ultimately, markets decide which solutions end up uh, winning, and the markets clearly decided that the the small blocks or keeping the Bitcoin base layer very simple was clearly the winning solution. And the other folks have kind of like lost a lot of value. These would be like Bitcoin Cash, or even to some extent, uh, extent like BSV, which you know it has its own baggage and history with it. So there, there, there are many things going on with, with that project, not not just uh, big blocks and and, uh, and other things. So I do think that uh, one lesson from from the block wars was that like we've been developing different things on top of Bitcoin for for several years, and at some point I used to have this. Um, high hope that hey maybe if some change is like really valuable at some point Bitcoin would uh, incorporate that and so we would try to push for like some sort of a BIP on Bitcoin and I have like toned down those expectations a lot like in my mind um, I'm fine with Bitcoin like never changing and maybe maybe that's fine maybe that's a quality uh, obviously Taproot happened recently and that opens the door again that maybe maybe you know small incremental improvements can happen to Bitcoin but in terms of designing your solutions you should really not rely on 
hey, I'll do something and then go and change Bitcoin and have something happen there. So that actually, that learning from the block wars uh, basically informed the design of Stacks a lot. So the Stacks actually literally requires zero changes from Bitcoin, like nothing whatsoever. And that's actually by design. Like it, it is done by design. And it's it's uh, the reason that happened is we don't want to fork Bitcoin. We don't want we don't want to uh, to push for any changes to Bitcoin. We just want to use Bitcoin exactly how it is and and handle things in a separate programmable layer, which is which is Stacks. Awesome. Thank you so much. And so we've talked about sort of Bitcoin culture as being helpful to preserve the best of Bitcoin. Um, but how do you see Bitcoin culture continuing to evolve and welcome greater Bitcoin adoption over the next few years? Yes. Yeah, so I think one of the things that we've seen uh, lately, like for example, just today, I was uh, I hopped in this Twitter Spaces thing for a while, where I think Udi was debating uh, Goldstein uh, about about the maximalism thing, and the fact that we are having these debates basically means that you know it's a, it's a pretty 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 big topic on the on the mind of a lot of a lot of Bitcoiners, and I think one thing that I would uh, kind of like disagree with over here that I was hearing arguments that um, like your people's time, attention and money is scarce. So it's like a zero sum type of mentality that if the, the, the fundamentalists or maxis, whatever term you, wanna, you might wanna use for them um, are going around and basically shouting that, hey, you should only pay attention to Bitcoin and nothing else first. I, I, don't, think, I don't think it's a very effective technique. I don't think it actually stops people. People might go quiet or they might start ignoring you and go off and do whatever they want to do, which is they have, right? Like look at how many projects uh, in crypto have emerged and, and the fundamentalists have been yelling at them since the beginning of dawn, right? Like the beginning of time they've been doing it. I don't think they've been able to stop anybody. Like the, if anything, there are more projects now than there were before. If anything, there are more high quality projects now. And 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 secondly, I don't, I don't think of that as a zero sum game. I think um, just the heart of entrepreneurship and the heart of innovation um, and, and, and engineers, especially when they're building new things, they're actually creating value out of thin air, right? So you're actually expanding the pie, you're actually growing the economy uh, and it, it is not a zero sum game at all, right? So if you are actually discouraging people from experimenting, if you're discouraging people from uh, building new things, uh, then you're restricting yourself to a zero sum game because you're kind of like saying, don't grow the economy, don't grow the pie, and we're just going to try and focus on how we slice the pie. And I want a bigger size of the pie uh, because most of the resources should go to Bitcoin. So, so first of all, I would, I would disagree with, with this idea that uh, people should have a zero sum mentality. We absolutely should not have a zero sum mentality. We should have a mentality of we want to grow the pie. We want to grow the ecosystem for everybody. And there will be a lot more value created if you allow for more experiments to happen and more, more innovative things to happen. So that's, that's I think, uh, point number one. The second thing is I was I was hearing some some arguments and discussions about uh, you know most of the uh, resources should actually go to Bitcoin most of the development should go to Bitcoin and I think we can easily pull data on this uh, most of the developers actually don't do anything in Bitcoin like Bitcoin Bitcoin has a core uh, uh, set of developers who maintain the open source project right they are they are doing extremely valuable work and and and, and kudos to them. And which is actually true for any large open source project. If you look at the Linux kernel, for example, there would be a handful of core developers who do kernel programming, and then there would be people who are building kind of like you know things things outside uh, of that. But in terms of people actually building things on Bitcoin, like building new applications, building new functionality, 
like Bitcoin doesn't have a, a lot of developers. When have you heard about like hackathons on Bitcoin where people are trying to kind of like build, build new things? Yes, there is some activity in Lightning, uh, uh, but broadly speaking, and I think there are surveys out there, for example, uh, Electric Capital does an extensive survey of all open source activity around Bitcoin. And if you just compare that to some of the smart contract platforms like Ethereum, recently Solana or Avalanche, uh, uh, even Polkadot, the, num the number of active developers who are building interesting things, like it just dwarfs what's happening in Bitcoin. Like if anything, I think Stacks is probably a project that is attracting a lot of app uh, builders, uh, smart contract builders to come and actually operate in the broader Bitcoin ecosystem. But otherwise, uh, thinking that by being being a uh, Bitcoin maximalist and and yelling on 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 Twitter is somehow going to attract uh, more developer attention to Bitcoin is delusional. Like I, I I don't think that that it's helping developers at all. You could debate that if it's uh, actually uh, throwing off developers and they don't want want to uh, basically work in the Bitcoin ecosystem and they feel more welcomed by uh, by other projects. That is an argument I'm willing to buy, but but the argument that by by making these arguments that hey no you should be focused on Bitcoin only you're actually attracting developers to Bitcoin there's no evidence or data whatsoever to support that if anything the projects that are not Bitcoin they they are attracting developers in huge numbers and they have been doing doing that for 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 several years now. All right. And related to some of the innovations on Bitcoin, you've been sharing diagrams um, on smart contracts for Bitcoin and some information there. We'll share those below, but I'm curious, have there been any takeaways or feedback um, that you'd share from sharing these? Yeah. So I think this is a, this is, this is again a confusion, right? Like especially in the Bitcoin circles uh, around the time when Taproot was getting activated, everyone was getting excited that his smart contracts are coming to Bitcoin. And now Taproot is activated and where are the smart contracts? There aren't any because Taproot doesn't really enable any smart contracts. Like as, as I mentioned in my, my diagrams earlier, the, these are things that were possible with Bitcoin even before Taproot. These are very limited type of uh, scripting uh, type, type of smart contracts. And they were possible even before Taproot. Taproot makes them a little bit more practical, more efficient, and, and so on. And, and, and there's, there's a huge confusion, uh, both within the Bitcoin eco ecosystem, but also broadly, where people were thinking that hey, hey, like Bitcoin either has full smart contracts or uh, Taproot will bring these full smart contracts. And I think these diagrams are meant to educate people that, that this is not what fully expressive smart contracts are and why are fully expressive smart contracts needed to build things like Uniswap or build things like you know Awe or Compound or, or, or stuff like that, right? So I was, I was basically trying to break it down that here are the key differences. And I think the uh, the, the diagram that I uh, just drew today and tweeted it out uh, that introduces the concept of global state as well, right? So in terms of global state, think of that as any data that is stored on a blockchain that can be verified by by any 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 anyone on, on the planet, and that is how Bitcoin. Is decentralized, right? Anyone can verify that that uh, what what's the amount of Bitcoin in anyone's wallet independently, and 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 that global state is actually needed for building things like Uniswap or Compound and, and so on, right? Because these smart contracts need to know what is the full global state and then then act accordingly. And uh, this this type of solutions like DLCs that get thrown around simply just don't have global state. So if you don't have global state, you can't implement a Uniswap, right? So you, can, you can't implement a compound. And I don't think a lot of people realize those details. 
right? They, they, they just hear these buzzwords that, oh no, DLCs are going to do X, Y, and Z. And they confuse it with what they're seeing happening in smart contracts today, which are fully expressive smart contracts, uh, like Solidity on Ethereum, uh, or even, even on newer chains like Avalanche that are EVM compatible, uh, or with Rust on, on Solana, or with Clarity on, on Stacks, right? They've confused that with a type of much, much more limited solutions uh, that are more, more uh, kind of like in line with uh, the maximalist values that, hey, there is no, no token attached with it. But they don't understand that what are the trade-offs of not having a token. Because you don't have that token, you don't have a permissionless uh, global state network uh, that enables you to build these things, right? So they don't understand the trade-offs and they just get excited uh, about something that's not necessarily true, right? Like these things are not going to give you full smart contracts. They're not going to give you the type of applications that you're, you're, you're actually seeing uh, outside of the Bitcoin ecosystem. Minus stacks, stacks is different. All right. Thank you so much. That's a wrap for this week. Um, thanks to everyone who has subscribed already. And if you haven't, please do so um, to support the growth of the Hero YouTube channel. Um, and let us know if you have any questions below. Thank you so much. And thanks, Vinny. Awesome. Thanks a lot.